They're spooky. They're bitches. They're the spooky bitches of Lubbock. And they're coming to YouTube September 2019. Follow the Spooky Six as they navigate the alternative art scene in Lubbock, Texas. If you love Halloween, art, Lubbock, and the things that go bump in the night, follow the Spooky Six on Facebook and Instagram. They're not basic bitches. They're spooky bitches. Gentlemen, welcome back to Hey Kids Comics. I am your host, Andrew Farmer. With me, as always, your other host, the Jedi Cole Houston. Hey, good evening, everybody. That's a funny, it's a funny way to do a Sling Blade impression. Oh, I, I thought it was happening okay. already, isn't it? I mean, it's only the 700. I reckon you don't tell me what it's to a do. Really aggressive Sling Blade impression. This is an Act Three Sling Blade impression. Uh, it's already happening. Um. Yeah, so that podcast made friends. <laughs> I like over the period of the last twelve years, <laughs> your your sling blade impression has gotten more and more aggressive as time has gone on. It was a pretty lackadaisical sling blade impression in two thousand and nine. Now, now you, I feel like you're coming for me. I feel like there's no escaping Carl Childers at this point. He's in my closet, just talking about potatoes. Uh, I killed a leprechaun when I was a boy. <laughs> so we're we're in the we're in the latter days of September. I think it's time for us to start thinking spooky. We do a lot of spooky uh, yeah. on this show. I think it's time for us to think even even we're going down the rabbit hole. It's starting now. Yeah, in fact, this was very nearly the 2019 Halloween special until I realized we did a Halloween special all about vampires and comics. Oops, way to bury the lead. Uh, <laughs> We're great at this. <laughs> how, how long did you say we've been doing this damn show? So long. So long we've forgotten but, uh, how to do it. That's how long so we've done it. I figured this would just have to be its own thing. Yeah, it's, it's its own thing. And, like a Beat Boy skeleton, we have a special guest who is part of it. <laughs> we are. We have been blessed. This the in the. It's been it's been two months. I think that we've been blessed with just. No offense to any guest. We need to get Kelly Long in this in this train, um, and and some of our other you know prominent guests your eddies your bobbies your ricks but we've been blessed with some amazing guests the last two months um maybe your dad needs to get back well, in the that mix. all ends tonight oh stop it you <laughs> stop day. it you're a gentleman and a scholar and you know it um so cole i'll allow you to do the honors of introducing our guest and the topic officially for this show tonight oh yeah well i mean the honor is all ours oh, because is. uh 
we we have yet again Weldon Adams. Thank you for joining us, a uh, a true comic book scholar, and our, I think our well, second well, thank you comic for having me. Our second comic book scholar in two weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's been it's it's like a three week. It's not counting us, and and God bless yeah. you, Catherine, for dealing with us. But um, really, yes. Also, you know, not to be too stalkery, but I do follow uh, Weldon on on the the Facebooks and. Not only is he living his best life, um, also just glorious hair, man. I wish. <laughs> I wish I could pull that off. Like, I do. I've got this visual of your hair on Andy's head, and it's it's uh, it's a thing of beauty, I'll tell you. Well, you know. I'm, well, my hair is long enough that, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. long you know, enough that we could act some of it on it. what we should do is the thing if you're at all con in 2020 is just have you drape the hair you know from the <laughs> back of your head over andy's head this podcast is taking it could be like out. a boot oh yeah there you go <laughs> i'm into this i'm into this we're welcome hair 25 cents yeah, oh, yeah. We could make a fortune for you. How am I the one in your guys' <laughs> idea that's coming out as like the Anthony Perkins character in this whole thing? And then next thing you know, yeah, then you can move into Weldon's attic and just rock in a rocket chair and stare out there. It'll be great. It'll be great. You can be dead. How about you you buy you you'll buy a, a roadside motel? <laughs> build, build one next to Weldon's house. It's cool. He's got the space. Yeah. Maybe just nobody ever him. comes here anymore. Nobody ever comes here anymore. Now I got yeah. Ch- Carl Childers <laughs> doing the Anthony Perkins parts of Psycho in my head. What is happening? What is ha- what are we talking I think about? I think what's happening is uh, Hey Kids Comics number whatever the hell number we're on nowadays. Twenty seven, three twenty. Yeah, I believe it was three twenty seven. Oh hell. Yes, Hey Kids Comics 327, I'm going to get you, blood sucker. That's right. That's right. We are talking about vampires and, more importantly, Blade. Because <laughs> that's all I ever want to talk about is Blade. Uh, this is all about Marvel's Blade. Yes. Thank you have to God. say Marvel's yeah. now. Thank God. And this, here, you know, here's the thing about Blade, and I'm not going to get into my question. And, the, and anybody who listens to the show regularly that, you know, is named Eddie Medina, because I'm pretty sure he's the only one, um, <laughs> is knows the question I'm going to ask later in the show. I'm not doing it now. I, I'm going to save it. But my question for Blade, if I, if I could sit down across from Blade, <laughs> first of all, I want to know why I'm always ice skating uphill. Second of all, <laughs> uh, what are you? Are you just competing with like Wolverine for the most <laughs> super groups to join of anyone? Period. Because he's been affiliated with like every super group. Everyone is 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 he's he's been a part of. He's been an X Man. He's been an Avenger. He's been like MI thirteen. He's been in Shield. He's been in Ultimates. He's been um. I, I, I the thing is in the zoo. Midnight Suns. Midnight. Thank you. Midnight Suns. Cole and I were just talking about the uh, the the. Group. He was he was in Los Spookies for God's sake. <laughs> the group that was so badass they needed both Ghost Riders. Yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> they needed both. Two Ghost, ghost riders, riders, no waiting. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Weldon, what do you know about Blade? What you know about Blade? <laughs> <laughs> Blade is uh, actually one of my real favorite yes. uh, characters from the 70s mod age era of Marvel because he was almost always a background character at that time. Uh, very rarely did he, pardon the pun, step into the light. Uh, but uh, at the time, it was real interesting that Marvel was trying to, to touch on certain genres. And you started seeing characters pop up where they'd be like, ooh, we haven't done that. Bang, there's a character for that. Ooh, we haven't done that. Bang, there's a character for that. And it really felt like at some point somebody noticed, hey, black horror is a big thing. Let's do a black horror character. Because at that time, there was a kind of a, in the entertainment, especially movie industry, a resurgence in black exploitation movies. And you started getting a lot of black action things going on, action movies. Uh, there was, you know, Shaft, Superfly, uh, Dolomite. Uh, and then they started doing other things. And then the black horror stuff came out. And of course, Blackula is the most famous. Absolutely. And the thing about but it is, before the show, you had. Blackenstein. Oh my God! I didn't know about that one. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, and the thing about it is, you mentioned this before the show that this was something you definitely wanted to touch upon, and I felt so Marthed. Uh, and if you're unfamiliar, Weldon, uh, on this show, to be Marthed is to find out something that was always right there in front of you, like <laughs> that both Superman and Batman's moms were named Martha, and you never made that connection right. before that. Otherwise, never put it yeah. yeah, I just I don't know why that never hit in my brain, but there it is. And uh, so, yeah, that has become uh, being Martha. And that's so Martha me because we did a whole show about uh, on the Hey Kids Comics Live years ago. Uh, the Everybody Was Kung Fu Fighting episode about how, you know, the, the rise of martial arts in cinema in this country. Mm -hmm gave us Shang-Chi and it never occurred to me the connection with Blade and the black exploitation. Yep. In, yeah, in, it was uh, pretty much the same thing. And you know, um, the martial arts stuff was big and so that's where we got Deadly Hand to Kung Fu and all those martial arts characters spun out of that. And what, uh, yeah, the black horror shows up and bam, we get Blade. <laughs> what, what's funny is they were, they were making a, 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 a you know, a black horror character, which is awesome. But they messed around and made, like, the coolest character in Marvel. Pretty much by accident. Yeah. Like, not only yeah. not only is he, like, I have, I, you know, I'm, I, I'm a youngster by, uh, <laughs> by association, I guess. Um, but, you know, I ended up picking up the collectedest of all the, the early Blade stuff. Um, you know, all the Wolfman and, and Claremont stuff. And, you know, they they messed around. Not only did they give us a um, a vampire, you know, a, a, a vampire story, they gave us the, the Daywalker, which ends up being one of the coolest concepts ever. And they, <laughs> and they gave us this kind of, like, international character, which was really interesting because they didn't make the character from, like, you know, New York or Detroit, you know, they made him, they, 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 they based him in, you know, what, what did you say, uh, call at the time period, it would, he would have been a Brit. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, he was uh, apparently born in the twenties. I think it said in the in Soho. <laughs> mm. So like they 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 fooled around and gave us like one of the coolest Marvel characters ever. Though, well, I, especially for somebody who was born in the twenties, he really picked up on how to be cool in the you know yeah. later in the century. Nineteen twenty nine, yeah. October twenty fourth, nineteen twenty nine. So like, like the the my biggest problem with Blade as a character was until the modern incar until the really until the movies, Blade didn't use blades. <laughs> he used like everything he had was straight wooden. It was like I made a wooden knife yeah. in shop class. Like how was you gonna cut anybody with a like a yeah. with a buck knife that you made out of oak? It's like yeah, he made a horsehead bookend at one point. <laughs> He made a bird feeder and a bayonet for his wooden gun. Stained it and everything. He was using some seriously hard wood for those blades. I'm telling you, he was yeah. getting the, the, the real I, good stuff. Kind of like ironwood. Because uh, if you've ever tried to put an edge on a piece of pine, you know that doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, it's late, and I'm just going to say it's my time. It's after it's after 9:30, so we can. Uh, we can we can take it to that TBS uh, Family Guy space, and I can tell you right now, Weldon, I put edge on my pine, my softwood, <laughs> like three times in my life. You don't want to get one of them splinters if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't know what I'm saying. I am, I'm exhausted. Um, God damn it! <laughs> but you know you. Hell, I'm, I'm, I think Don't we should let just, that one yeah, go. Yeah, just let it go. Don't try uh, to yeah, think about what go. you're yes ending at this point. Don't, don't, yeah, that's don't true. go there. No, but like, so the original, but, go ahead, go ahead, Weldon. I was just going to say, speaking of adult uh, content, though, one of the things that I've often noticed and thought was very interesting about Blade was when he shows up in the Marvel Black and White magazines, Yes. in colon art, great stories. You're getting some really mature stories there. They really feel like a half step between Marvel Comics and, say, Warren's Vampirella. Mm-hmm. You're not... It was almost like a priming, like a training ground for stepping on up to the really <laughs> cool stuff going on in Vampirella. And and you're, you know, I'm actually looking at it right now, and you're not wrong. The art was very, in comparison to a lot of what was going on in Marvel at the time. You know, the art was very, very realistic in comparison to the to the more cartoony stuff that we were getting in the in the in the Capes and Cowls books. Um, and you know, even Blade's origin is very dark. Like you don't you didn't get origins like that. You know, at that time, it was it was borderline it was borderline EC stuff. It was borderline. Yes. It was yeah. Bo- yeah I mean. You know the story of you know you're you were turned you were turned at childbirth, you know, and then and then your mom, you know, and it was and it's and it's laid out in such a way that it's that the art is very realistic in all of it, from you know from the brothels to to the you know to the stabbings. I wouldn't go as far as to say when vampires explode, they set buildings on fire was that believable, <laughs> but you know everything was pretty. It was. I was kind of shocked because that was the first I was seeing of the early like black and white blade stuff, and and honestly, I was kind of taken aback by 
you know, it was it's very cool. I like it very much. But yeah. I was like, whoa, whoa, this is this is the real deal. Like, yeah, like when was this? And then I went back and looked. I was like, holy <laughs> hell! Like, all right, is this some of the? I when did this hit? Like, it, when when did it uh, start? Uh, probably like 75 to 76, I think, was when the Black and White Magazine stuff was coming out. Yeah, 74. Yeah, in fact, uh, first, uh, I, I, did we mention that it was uh, Marv like Wolfman and Gene Coleman? And stuff. Uh, in Tomb of Dracula, number 10, July 1973, uh, he first appears as a supporting character. Mm-hmm. Which, it's funny that all of our, if, if we consider ourselves comic aficionados, and I think at this point we almost have to, um, especially, well, Weldon for sure, but Cole and I, you know, are just jack and apes that have microphones. Um, all of our favorite characters are all supporting characters. <laughs> yeah, they all got kind of started out somewhere in the background and worked their way up to stardom. Yeah. Your Iron Fists, your Moon Knights, your Blades, your, you know, the, the, all the guys that were kind of hanging Falcon. out in the back. What was that? Yeah, the, most of them had and in front of their name at some point. (laughs) That is so true. Yeah. So, like, where did we go after we had the black and white stuff? Like, as, you know, Blade went through... He kind of disappeared for a while. Really? Yeah, he kind of dropped off the radar once the black and white magazine stopped because it just wasn't really a good place for him. And just every now and then he would show up. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that is probably uh, in keeping with his being a vampire character, uh, because the the vampire character wasn't a cool deal yet. Right. It wasn't until you started getting your Morbiuses and your uh, – uh, that's pretty much it. But. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Well, yeah. you know, they started – we've talked about how – the time period at which they kind of go – comics go dark. Right, and you start getting your more your your you know your your real focus on characters like Punisher and like um, you know your Bat- Batman goes dark, Wolverine comes into it in a big way, um, and that's kind of when Blade comes back into prominence, um, and you don't really see him come but out. Even of... that's on the later end. Of that. What was that? I said even that is on the later end of that. Yeah, um, it took a while for them to get back around to him, which is weird because he would was a perfect character. If you want, you know, blood and gore and horror, he was made for it quite literally. <laughs> right, but it wasn't until comics, you know, realized that there was a that there was a place in the comics because we saw that weird thing, and we've talked about it many times, where we went from the the golden age stuff where it was a lot of magic and a lot of mysticism into science mm-hmm. in the atomic you know in the atomic age and the silver age stuff where you saw the crossover with green lantern from alan scott to to hal when you you know you started getting these mm-hmm. these origins that were based in scientific experiments and you know and it wasn't about like finding dr fate's helmet or being a princess <laughs> from a from a lost island that had a magic rope you know you started getting these these real <laughs> science-based but in the in the 90s all of a sudden you start seeing the rise of characters in a big way characters like john constantine 
you know, characters like Zatanna, characters like, you saw a rebirth at that point of Doctor Strange, which, I mean, Strange has been around forever, mm-hmm. but you, you saw a rise to prominence of these magic characters, realizing that you could fold them into dark storylines in a whole different way than just, mm-hmm. you know, a one-man army killing people on the street or, <laughs> or a thousand ninjas in the hand. And then all of a sudden, exactly. you had right. a place for awesome and then sometimes goofy, you know, storylines and characters involving some of these dark mystical characters a la, you know, the Darkhold stuff and uh, oh, the wow. Midnight Suns yes. and the Night Stalkers. <laughs> well, the... When they announced the Midnight Suns stuff, the first thing I thought is this is a really good idea that is probably going to be handled fairly badly <laughs> because they were taking – they were taking good characters. They're all good characters, and they're taking a good concept, and then they're, they're saying, hey, let's do them like superheroes, and that was the downfall. Yes. Anytime you take horror characters and try and do them as a superhero, that almost invariably will fail. It very, very rarely works because superheroes and horror are almost polar opposites. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't have a lot of a uh, lot of real uh, faith that, that that was going to come off too well. It was a hard sell. Well, the thing about it is that also was one of those titles that hits about the time that Marvel was still highly active in promoting their books, and there was a whole ad campaign for Rise of the Midnight Suns. That was, you know, the time when the Infinity Gauntlet and others, there would be like these retailer packets that would go out with all this hype and uh, backer cards for your your rack and for your uh, posters for the shop and things to generate excitement. And the That particular campaign just kind of fell flat in its, of its own accord. Well, and it's also that thing that we've talked about on the show before where your comic book creators that grew up reading the black and white blade stuff and thinking like 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 Weldon like you like me much later thinking how cool this character was right and he fell to the wayside all of a sudden these guys are the guys that are now making editorial decisions at Marvel <laughs> and they're like you know what would be cool right. is if we brought back X, Y, and Z, these cool-ass characters that we have, dust them off and, and, and put them together in this thing. You know, so we need a, we need a linchpin. Let's call it the Darkhold. You know, it's been around <laughs> since the – you know, so – and then they did the thing that they always do, which is have to create this – recreate history, retcon history to, to fold all this in. But they did get – the one thing it did do was bring back into the forefront – a lot of characters that, you know, are cool. And we still see it. This is a cyclical thing. You know, you got... Mm-hmm. It, at least at least it brought Blade back into the zeitgeist enough that we got three amazing movies. And I'll fight you <laughs> if you tell me they're not. <laughs> I'll fight you right now. But, um, but, the, but you also had this kind of rebirth of characters like, like Morbius at the time where Morbius had been a, mm-hmm. a third-rate Spider-Man villain that would show up periodically. Well, I'm not going to call him a third-rate, but a third-tier is, is use in the comics, would show up from time to time, you know, 
get a couple issues and then be gone again. Um, Hellstrom hadn't been seen in God knows how long, really. <laughs> um, right. Ghost Riders, you know, your werewolves by night, these ca- these camp characters they were trying to reinvent with a level of seriousness that um, hadn't been seen since the 70s. And at least it got them out there into the forefront where cyclically then they came back around again. Yeah, let's get Blade's cool. Has anybody <laughs> ever read, read Blade's origin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I did once. It's pretty rad. Like, here's what it, here it is. Damn, let's make a movie out of that. <laughs> like, like, you know, good. Well, and it, well, interesting. That's true. And that's what it takes is to kind of keep those characters alive and recurring a little bit. Uh, I thought it was really interesting that one of the most recent se- uh, seasons of S.H.I.E.L.D., Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on TV, one of the big elements in it was Ghost Rider and the Darkhold. Right. See? There's the Darkhold. Yeah. And also, uh, an interesting thing you're talking about, Andy, about the you know editorial decisions and editorial mandates, that's what keeps any character in the forefront is – you know, just having this concerted decision to put these characters forth and, you know, get them in a story or two to remind people they exist and see if it floats or not. Or, if, you know, is this character going to bring any sort of tremendous relevance to anything? Right. And unfortunately, Midnight Suns did not um, give us tremendous relevance, but at least it brought people back into the, you know, back into the, yeah, comics. You but know? see, that's also the point where there was sort of an editorial mandate. Let's put like characters together so we can have groups like Deep Six. Right. You know, like, who do we got that is similar enough that we can hang a silly name on it and call it a group? Yep. But then they started giving Blade, like, they, they gave Blade the uh, the Moon Knight treatment for a really long time where they could not just, they couldn't figure out what to do with them. So they kept throwing like, like, uh, like mini series or, <laughs> you know, like just like anything they could put them in. They were doing it just because they believed in the character so much that they were just going to do everything they could to continue to put him into you know, into people's hands, which is awesome. Like we want that, but he was a much loved character for a long time. And well, the- certainly the, uh, the cinematic blade opened doors. And, you know, once you have that, the, the first truly successful comic book movie character coming out of Marvel, uh, and hitting the, the silver screen and not being just a, you know, that character in name only sort of arrangement that's the point where you know you got to keep him up in the comics because that's the movie generates interest in the comics the comics generate interest in the movie i'm still mad yeah i'm still mad i'm i'm mad (laughs) so i it's gonna be no surprise to anyone because they've listened to this show but i love whistler Whistler could be one of the greatest inventions in movie history. Chris Christopherson's Whistler is inspired. Inspired. In the Campbellian story cycle, Whistler covers like seven points out of eight. He is fantastic. 
he is uh, he is he is a majesty to behold. To f- only to find out researching for this show. Yes, I was. Uh, we have to mention this that Whistler was never a character in the comics. They lifted Whistler from Spider-Man the Animated Series, where he was voiced by Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> I'm I'm amazed and hurt at the same time by that, <laughs> by that fact. I have so many emotions about that. But <laughs> what's interesting about the movies and the comics were the movie reinvented... It didn't reinvent Blade because this, the... They modernized the origin story, but correct me if I'm wrong, Weldon, you'll know better than I do, but the origin story was basically the same. I believe it was, yeah. Because it was... Yeah, they just put like a fresh coat of paint on everything and uh, did it <laughs> shinier blade. Right. right. Okay. We we live in a it wonderfully... It was a solid origin story. What? You know, it, it was a really solid origin story. It was. There wasn't any reason to change anything. But you but also if have to look. Do a story about a vampire hunter. That's that's your starting point right there. I mean, from birth, this guy hated vampires. Right. I get it. <laughs> right. It's simple. It's direct. The twist, the instant twist on the Blade origin story is amazing. If you want drama, there's your <laughs> drama. Like from from Jump Street, it's classic. Like, why does he hate vampires? Because a vampire killed his mother during childbirth and gave and, and made him half of a vampire. Like, okay, cool, right. I'm in. Nothing else has and, to be explained and, to me. And he's going to use those very powers to hunt down and kill vampires. Right. And here's a Which, twist. He can walk yeah. around in the daytime. <laughs> like, but the thing about it is it begs the question, will he eventually have to, like, I don't know, paralyze himself or some halfway kill himself. <laughs> Once he has rid the world of vampires, only, there's only half a vampire left. And I have to, like, you know, know. chop my arms think? and legs off. Something like that. Because, you know, there has to be some self-loathing in there. But, uh... Tom, yeah, I would imagine. So, the, the upcoming, you know, we, we've had the, the wonderful announcement that Blade is returning uh-huh. to to the big screen with is it Mershal Ali? Yeah, there has to be. We we live in a wonderfully referential time uh, in this, as we have dubbed on the show, this Tanzanite age of the comic book movie. From the design, the uh, production design standpoint, there has to be tribute made to the lime green. Oh God! I hope so. Mega coat and the yellow goggles. Those uh, Rommel desert, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Tunisian yeah. desert goggles and the Jodhpurs. The, the the thing about well, yeah, basically and... in movies, what they do is the costume scene where the guy tries on several costumes, <laughs> and one of them would be the actual superhero costume, and he always goes. Nah. Yeah, it's it's like the uh, the was it Supergirl where they had her trying on. They did that with Luke Cage in. Uh, in yes, Cage. that was brilliant. Uh, Captain Marvel, they did it with. Yeah. Um, and and it sometimes it's just like uh, like it was in Jessica Jones where she like has the the dress box and she pulls yeah, out the jewel costume. 
Um, check, 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 check. Yeah, yeah, so we have to have at least some nod to that because that's the way – it's almost what we fanboys have come to expect. And we also have to have him, like, you know, have a, a wooden spoon or something that uh, to harken back to Andy's complaint earlier. Well, I think I – I carved a mean Bowie knife out of a piece of pine. So they are welded Adams. Well, Cole, I think that one of the issues that we were having was when the Blade movie was in, you know, that movie came out. All of the studios, we've gotten better, as we know, we've talked about it. Oh, yeah. All the studios were horrified of putting anyone in a costume that slightly resembled a costume from a comic book. So you would never have seen Blade in a burnt orange trench, like, safari jacket. <laughs> You know, running around with, you know, with a with a beige bandolier of wooden weapons. Never. No, he had. And and I was reading a really interesting article about the Blade movies. This this is just what I do in my free time. I love the Blade movies. Is most people don't associate now they do more than they did. But when the movie came out, people didn't associate it with comics as much as they did a, like a post because remember this is directly post matrix like a really slick you know 90s post matrix trench coaty oh yeah action flick versus a, a, a really rooted well-made comic book movie which is what it was so you know and i think that that speaks to what weldon was saying about you know him being a a background character for so long, you know Spider-Man's origin, Batman's origin, Superman's origin. Even, you know, even at that point, I think Captain America was probably pretty well, you could say, you know, he was a super soldier and people got it. Blade was nowhere near a household name. Yeah. And and now, absolutely 100%, he's a household name, I would say, in the in, in, in comic books. Well, you have to almost wonder if Blade was selected for the cinema for that very reason. It's like, well, there's a cheap license we can get over at Marvel. Right, for sure. Right. Did you like the movies? Well, and a Blade. Blade. Yeah, Blade I, sort of I actually have only ever seen the first one. I cannot suggest the second one more strongly. And, and I'm not being okay. facetious or silly. Like, it's Guillermo del Toro doing a superhero movie. Yeah. About a, a daywalking vampire hunter with <laughs> with Ron Perlman, um, what the the guy's name from Walking Dead that I can never remember who was in Boondock Saints. Um, oh uh, yeah, uh, Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus, Chris Christoph. It is a it is a it is just a fantastic movie and and a departure from the first one in the sense that. You know, it brings that weird Del Toro realism to the thing that maybe it shouldn't have, but somehow magically works in this world. Um, <laughs> but it's it is it is the third one is kind of a piece of crap, but I still love it because it's a piece of crap. The second one is a fine is a fine fine film, legitimately fine film. Um, so you saw the first one, and. In comparison to the, you know, to the original, you know, 
Blade stuff that you read that you loved, did it hold up for you? Was it something that you were like, yeah, this movie does it for me? Uh, it was a good movie, but I felt like this isn't for me. Really? I, I, yeah. Um, I, and I think part of it also was the fact that that came out at a time period when I was starting to kind of lose faith in superhero movies being a real possibility in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we like, had some X-Men movies and I was like, eh, you know. We I'll haven't really gotten to the good stuff yet. I'll buy that. Yeah. So, well, I, I, was, think... I was starting to give up. <laughs> I'm with you. This this does come in a period where the technology was starting to catch up with the superhero, so you had the tremendous potential for the yeah. genre. But, you know, like Andy pointed out, the studios, Hollywood was terrified of these properties. They yeah. were trying too hard to appeal to absolutely everyone and ultimately alienated the single best segment of the population that would have, you know, helped drive ticket sales. And also it took a long time for the studios to stop trying to make a superhero movie and start trying to make movie good movies that just happen to be about superheroes. And we're getting more and more good movies that just happen to be superhero movies, not so much good superhero movies they need to be able to stand alone as movies first and foremost. Yeah, I would, they have I would to resist that. that urge to put everybody into skin tight black leather. Yeah, and they've done it. I mean, for the most part, I think. Yeah. I think if, if if Marvel has proven anything, I don't think DC's quite there yet. But if yeah. Marvel has proven anything, it's that people need that extra escapism. Um, the the more I read a really interesting. I I don't even remember who it was accredited to, but it was a it was a comic book writer that was saying that the darker a a comic book gets, the less believable it becomes. And I, I believe that that's true. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but I believe that that's true. The more realistic you try to make the world of comics, the <laughs> yeah. the less believable as a comic book license as a comic book character or book or series it becomes and i think yeah, that, that, that's 100 percent true which which begs the question yeah. you know when are we going to get our spitfire and the troubleshooters movie it doesn't beg that question i, I oh, yeah. maybe yeah. No, no, because now and the reason is because i am absolutely waiting for captain carrot and his amazing zoo crew Damn you! I, I'm telling you right. Oh, I, I think I, well. I'm then sitting you... on a pile of those things, and I'm <laughs> waiting for that to be animated. I think animated is the way to go, but I'm sitting on a pile of those things, and I need to move them. So, well, you know what we need, need to well, cough up that movie. I think you'll recognize this and appreciate where I'm coming from. Here is we need Captain Carrot and his amazing zoo crew in the Oz Wonderland War. Ah. I think that there's a real place yeah. for Captain Carrot at like Adult Swim for real, like yeah. no joke. Like, yeah. like I think, I think a real maybe a, like a yeah darker vision of Yankee Poodle and Pig Iron and uh, yeah, damn just it. a little more adult. Yeah, yeah. Just a little bit. Aqua, a little Aqua bit. Duck and uh, yeah. and the gang. So yeah, we need to... rubber duck. 
Robert Duck. Robert, that's right, it was Robert Duck. Should have been He was a movie Duck. actor, and his secret identity's name was Bird Reynolds. That is fantastic. Oh this I've forgotten how brilliant that. Okay, full stop on Blade. We're now doing an hour on Captain Carrot. <laughs> well, in fact, Daniel, we're I now have I well did I have the show plotted? Into, yeah, I've got the show plotted into February 2021. Because he's a and sick I think you may have you may have pushed us into March. And of course, every time I turn around, some new movie or some other shit comes out, and that, that moves it further and further. Um, but mark my words, you will be All on right. the Captain Carrot episode because that needs some attention. All right, all right, I, and, and pay attention here because I'm about to do something. Uh oh, I'm about to, I'm about to do an amazing segue and get us back on topic. Are you ready for this? Uh, 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 here yes, we go. Sir. I know where you're headed. Speaking of cartoons, <laughs> I think in this episode, there's no way that we could possibly spend this much time talking about Blade and not mention the most heartfelt, loving tribute to Blade ever in the form of Jefferson Twilight, <laughs> a member of the Order of the Triumph. Brothers. <laughs> oh Absolutely. So good. So, so was, good. It's such an obvious little nod and, and loving wink at Blade. I mean, all the time he's running around. He's like, what do you do? I fight Blackula. That's what he does. He fights Blackula. Specifically. <laughs> Blackula. And he then also. Vampires. <laughs> Blackula's. And the thing about it is, what's wonderful what is the costume design also harkens to a combination of the original and the contemporary Blade look. Mm-hmm. What I what I love, and this speaks to what you just said. What I love about one of the things I love about Blade is when you talk. It, this keeps coming up, but I think Bader Meinhof this somehow in the last couple <laughs> of years, but. You know, there are comedians that work comedy for their audience, right? And then there are comedians' comedians. The comedians that comedians want to go see and be a part of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Blade is a comic book creator, or a comic book creation for comic book creators. They (laughs) love Blade. They will bring Blade back around however they can. People love, you know, creators love this character because it's such a a pure, great character at its heart. Yeah. You know, we talked about the origin is so perfect and simple and easy to understand. Mm-hmm. It's complex enough that you can work all of the social issues you ever wanted to in there. And make it and tell great stories with that character. Like that's why you see those homages. That's why he shows up in every animated show, ever. Spider Man doesn't need Blade. The animated <laughs> Spider Man does not need Blade yet. There's Blade. Like what? Yeah, it's awesome. I'm gonna ask my question. All right. Because we're yes. running, we're running we low on time. About this. I need an expert's opinion right. on this. This does not have to do with Blade directly, but this has been something that has bothered me since I became an adult person with real responsibilities. 
<laughs> and and just all of the things that comes with being an adult, and you start thinking about things. Every time we see a vampire I character. can give you the answer right now. Okay. I, I can give you the answer right now. The answer is that Superman has a toilet made of Krypton, uh, steel from Krypton. That's the only thing that would hold it. <laughs> That's a if good you can answer. Quit worrying about that. No, but the that, one. But no, but no, but, but the thing. Wouldn't Kryptonian porcelain work? Because it's. Yeah, it's it, a you know, Kryptonian toilet. It's the only thing that would. Hold was it, it on the? Was it on the 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 escape craft? I don't it know. came separately. I oh, it came with. That time, yeah. it was, up until that time, he lived in Smallville. He would just, you know, go off into the woods. And, you know, yeah, or go to Antarctica. Craters. Just craters in the ground. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and, and in fact, uh, it uh, it was uh, came on Cryptozon Prime. It, it it was. Let's see. The, the order was. Let's see. Supergirl, um, the Kryptonian toilet, Comet, the horse. Yeah. Like this all just came separately. It's like an Amazon yeah. package where they yeah. send everything separately to your house. Well, it all shipped from different locations. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's true. It wasn't ready in the warehouse yet. Yeah. Came from Southern Crypto. All right. Sorry all right here we go. Really... Here we go. The real Back question. In every depiction, and I can't think of one that this isn't true, in every depiction in popular culture where there is a vampire, be it TV, movies, comic books, whatever, vampires are inevitably incredibly wealthy. They're ancient, and somehow through just being ancient, the same is true of that jackass Highlander. The, every iteration, they are... They, you know, they've amassed a massive fortune over time. How is that possible? Because here's the thing. You don't become a vampire and immediately go to school, you know, to learn how to become mad. You don't become this, the, the, the CEO of, of Vampire Inc. You're just <laughs> the same person you were before you became a vampire, but now you live forever and have to drink blood and have to, you know, and can't come out during the day. These are not responsible people. They're just vampires now. So somebody please answer the question for me about why every depiction of a vampire is there incredibly well. Okay, I, I've got to – well, then you go first because I, I began to formulate an opinion because this question has been dogging my co-host for months now. Found financial advice. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> pitch. I got a pitch. For uh, <laughs> however you, whatever media source you want to do it. It's all about investment. Think about how investments work. Typically, you're getting return in the form of your interest. The longer your money is invested, the more it's worth. If you're a vampire and you've got sound financial advice, you can open up bank accounts and drop 10 bucks in each one. What do you care? You're not coming back for it for 150 years. I, I agree with you. That is true, right? Who is giving this sound? Is, yeah, is the this first like things a... are going to be rough. <laughs> <laughs> those, those, those first 50 years are going to be rough, man. You're going to be lean and scroungy and living on the streets. and that. But when that money starts rolling in, when you're making bank, that's when you're starting to go out and get all the, the nice 
places well, the, to live and the fine clothes and the gold, and now you're living large. All right. Well, I want to know where this advice is coming from. When I think long term. When you turn somebody into a vampire, do you give them like a welcome packet? That's that's, that's no, so. Oh, so that you're out. a vampire. Here's your welcome packet. It's got like a DVD in it, one of the or like a VHS tape with the bad the bad like mall background. That's what well, I want. If you'll think about it, a lot of vampire movies have those vampire hordes, you know, that like, come, my children of the night. These are the people that are like living in the bushes around the guy's house. That's true. They're the ones that didn't have sound financial advice. <laughs> yeah. They're the ones that your principal vampire, like Count Dracula, if he has other vampires under his sway, it's like, oh, oh you're so bad with money. I tell you what, why don't you go and visit Ben Hell? Try to kill this Van Helsing guy. Yeah. It's like, you know, he knows full well yeah. this guy so is there. dust. Yeah. He is gone. Is it a yeah. vampire Potter. MLM? Do you think that when you become, like, let's say Dracula turns you, do you now have to give your money to Dracula? And then you turn somebody and then you get oh, their be. money? And then it some could of be, it, yeah. Yeah, I think it's like an MLM. That's what yeah, I think. It seriously could be, yeah. Because like the, there are, you know, those things about you've got to kill the guy that made you to break the curse, you know. Oh. So, yeah, I can see how Oh, that it's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. Shit, then, Weldon, we, we nailed it. Wow. I think we got it. I think we yeah. got it. I've got nothing anymore. That, that coupled with strong financial advice exactly. from the vampire accountant, yeah. which is my pitch but, for a TV show. Um, I mean, if you look at it, right. your, your traditional old school goth, gothic vampire are usually aristocracy to begin with. So early on when vampirism, mm -hmm. vampirism is like, okay, let's say like 18th or, you know, late 18th, early 19th century ether is discovered and the gentry would have ether parties because no one knew what the fuck this stuff was. They'd all just sit around and get high. And then somebody said, Hey, you know what this would be good for is surgery like conking people out so we can chop them open and fix them. So same sort of idea. Somebody was dicking around with something and accidentally found vampirism. But it was the same idea. It was a yeah. bunch of rich people sitting around trying to come up with something to do because, frankly, the idle rich are epitomized in the Adams family. Go back and watch a season of the Adams family, and all it is is an indictment of the idle rich. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's the it's the Clampets versus the Adams family, old That's money right. versus new money. That's what exactly, it is. and it's all about <laughs> sitting around in your palatial mansion trying to think of something to do with your with your Frankenstein monster <laughs> butler and your sentient <laughs> hand that just wanders around the house, or your extended family, and your mm -hmm. and your weird uncle who never married but has this friend Carl that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's the perpetual what do they call it uh confirmed bachelor of the family there you go that's right confirmed bachelor yeah oh man yeah. that's great that's great um <laughs> thank you i think we have an answer now interestingly yeah. interestingly adam's family did not have a vampire in it that is so true the monsters did the monsters yeah. did yes yes the, yeah. the monsters the adam's did. family did not have a vampire. Well, they couldn't get uh, Cousin Sucky past the censors. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, no, Cousin Sucky was a vampire. 
he would just come into town. He was played yeah. by he was played by Rip Torn. He would roll into town every uh, every That's season right. for one for a couple episodes. How could you undie? <laughs> I'm out of here. Throw some glitter around. That's, That's right. right. He had yeah. a bucket. It was his blood bucket. Yet it was just full yeah. of glitter. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So okay, we're we're coming up on the close of this. Uh, Cole, you you touched on the fact that um, that they're making a new movie. Yes. Um, they ca- you know they're starting to get the big casts now um, for these movies. They're, I mean they they cast a uh, and I believe he's an Oscar nominee. I don't think he's an Oscar winner to play Blade the Vampire Hunter. Which in whose world does that happen? Um, but and, and the thing about it is. For my money, what I would love to see, I don't know enough about the character. And, you know, there are so many really wonderful characters getting their own films who don't have a rogues gallery that is household names. You know, Spider-Man and Batman, you've got, we've done whole arcs on their rogues galleries. Blade's rogues gallery is like six guys that nobody's ever heard of. It's so, Dracula. It's one guy. That's yeah, all you yeah, need I guess to know. It's Dracula. But yeah. I think that uh, for my money, if there's anyone in the sphere of blade dumb that Wesley Snipes could play. I think it would be incredible to have him as the villain well, or yeah. have some role in the, in the thing, because that's the other thing we do. Cause apparently if you've ever been in anything remotely DC related and you're still breathing, you're going to be in crisis on infinite earths. Right. I don't yeah. think, I don't think he'll come back and do it. He is, he is, it, it, Wesley Snipes, for all of my love for Wesley Snipes, which I have a lot of love for Wesley Snipes, the the man appeared in an episode of What We Do in Shadows as Blade, for God's sakes. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, well, what you need is a scene like uh, in X-Men First Class where you don't tell anybody. Right. And you just yeah. get like some one, one-shot cameo. Yeah. This is, this is Papa Blade. He was... <laughs> He gave me sound financial advice. Well, it could be like the guy at the, at the state fair who makes no, that, Bowie, who makes that Bowie would be knives Raymond and, Blade. <laughs> Raymond Blade. Well, he's the guy at the state fair who makes all kinds of different weaponry out of like oak and pine and yeah. Just make him the new Whistler. I'd be fine with that. There you go. Just make him yeah. make, make him the new Whistler. Chris Christopherson can't do it. Make it him. Um. Oh, God. Yeah. I love Blade so much. I, we didn't even talk about the fact that they, they've uh, somehow managed to fit Blade into every... Well, the, 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 So here's the thing. Dracula is such a compelling character, especially in Marvel. Yes. Dracula was running around in the Marvel Universe up until, what, 2010, I think? Running around in the Marvel Universe in full Bela Lugosi regalia. <laughs> think about that. Yeah. Think about that. Up until like through the nineties, you had like Deadpool and Cable running around with like cybernetic arms and a techno virus and his, you know, mm-hmm. you had you had all of these characters, and then you had Dracula showing up periodically, full three capes, three, <laughs> three, <laughs> just a, I, a I can understand that though. Yeah. I can understand that, though. I mean, I know lots of aging punks. You know, you that's find true. something that works, you stick with it. That's true. 
You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I've been dressing like Mike Ness since 1995, and they're going to pry it from my cold, dead hands, frankly. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll wear my white T-shirt and my uh, my gas station jacket and my rolled-up jeans. I'll, you, I'll do it when I'm 60. I don't care. Um, but it's just yeah. – it, it, and those – the Dracula comics. I know this isn't a Dracula issue, but there's like when when Tomb of Dracula was out, those comics were wild as hell. They hell did, yes. They did yes. like at one point Dracula is shooting vampires as if they were diseased cows into a city <laughs> with a cannon. That's something that <laughs> happened in a comic book. <laughs> Dracula rides roller coasters while holding people ca- captive. You know, it, he it's an amazing they did amazing things with that character. They, but the most amazing thing to me is he's fighting the X-Men, you know, in the, in the seminal, oh, yeah. just perfect comic. Um, in a full Bela Lugosi, Wolverine's got, you know, his, his brown Wolverine costume on. Colossus is over here made of steel. You know, you've got, like, all of those characters. And then Bela Lugosi standing there. Yeah. So good, so comic book. It's perfect. It's perfect. He bang storm too. He did bang storm. Oh, that's right. He did bang storm. That's good for him. I'll and, tell you though that there was one thing in that story arc that to me is the most hysterical writing blunder I've ever ran across. All right, I'm here for this. <laughs> they did a big story where there was this vampiric invasion of Earth, and he's building an army of vampires. Yes. And so he wants to hide that army. So he decides to hide them on the moon. Makes kind of sense. It is far away, and no one's going to see that coming. Sure. But where to hide them on the moon? They're vampires, right? So he hides them on the dark side of the moon. Of course. It makes sense, the dark side of the moon, except <laughs> that the phrase the dark side of the moon is misunderstood by almost everyone. <laughs> it's, because it's like the, because on the, the dark, dark side of the moon means the side of the moon that doesn't face us. The moon doesn't spin. It doesn't rotate. It's always facing us. As such, when it moves between us and the sun – the back side of the moon gets a healthy dose of sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm seeing like he's got like this giant encampment of all these vampires on the moon because they're vampires and they don't have to breathe air anyways. Ha ha ha. And then, you know, he's given some big speech and then the sunrise starts and somebody goes, hey, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. But nobody heard him because there's no air. <laughs> They're all dead. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Oh, man. I can't think of a better way to shut this down than that. Cole, do you have any, uh, I know. No, you have any I final thoughts? That. I, I have to, uh, to admit um, this one's going to be uh, this is gonna be bad news for me. I, uh, I've never seen any of the Blade movies. God damn it, Cole. <laughs> but you I almost I, got all the way through this admitting that. Yeah, you could have made I it just, out in one piece. I know. I just I felt compelled. 
You need to watch the Blade movies. I know, but you need to watch the Blade movies. They are incredibly fun movies. You can skip the third one if you want. I found it <laughs> enjoyable. Um, the second one, you, you, you need to watch. The first one is just, for the time <laughs> it was made, it might be the perfect movie. <laughs> and I'll stand by that. <laughs> it's such a good, they're so good, man. They're so good. I honestly need to see the Blade movies. Yeah. But I'll, I'll keep starting to go see them, and I reckon I'll wind up watching this like Blade instead. And with that, we're going to, I reckon we're going to all close well, this Well, do you have anything you want to plug before <laughs> this continues? Let's just put a stop to this now. Uh, I just want to say I'm really looking forward to the Captain Carrot show. It's going to be good. That right? is that is so coming up in 2020. I'm like moving shit around to make that happen. You wouldn't believe how often. Uh, what was it? The, one of the more recent episodes that had been moved for about a year and a half. And it was finally like, damn it, we have got to do this show. And uh, and this is one I'm, uh, I've got to get my database updated and add Captain Carrot and come up with some clever-ass turn of phrase for the title. I uh, I have another episode idea for you, but I'm going to email it to you on the side so you can check it out. Okay, sounds perfect. We're all for that. Because God knows I want this yeah. sucker. I need this thing up into 2022 now. Yeah, we can't. We can't I, I'm, I'm really slacking. I need to be about three to four years ahead. So uh, there's a comic book. There's a comic book uh, from the the Silver Age that I've been seeing lately, and it it's very overlooked and it is turns out it's weirder than i remember it being so i'm going to send you an email all right well, we're this. definitely on for that hell so yeah. uh hell yeah well thank you so weird. much thank you yeah, so thank you for joining much. us much and and thank you for uh suggesting uh michael for hey kids comics or hey adults comics uh, because we had a blast we always the love the joy Oh, he is. You're and, a uh, joy. Yeah. You're a joy. <laughs> well, ah, Adams. You're just saying that. No, like you are. Head. You answered a question that's been plaguing me for years. We came to a consensus. Sound financial advice. Sound right. It's an MLM and sound financial advice. I, I, I can rest tonight. I can. It has kept me up yeah. nights. Every time I see a vampire movie, whether it be Fright Night or, you know, these guys are always like in, in these palatial mansions and they got, you know, stretch rolls, Royces and, you know, all of this. Well, and the other thing is it could be a bit like eating Raul where you just basically take all the finances and property of your victims and parlay that into your fortune. Well, that's what I Don't think. Some of that goes on, yeah. That's the MLM portion, right? Yeah. Where, yeah. where your yeah. victims, if you're smart, your victims can continue to pay you, right? Like exactly. Think of an MLM, but it well, never. Well, you make ends. them your thrall. You, yeah. Yeah, you don't have to kill them. You make them your thrall, your rental. <laughs> I made Cole my Renfield a long time ago. Yes, you did, Master. Dirty. So with that. Uh, <laughs> It's a whole different kind of way. <laughs> I'm gonna make you my Redfield. <laughs> yes, and and another saying comes out of the show that will never ever go away. 
Just give us plugs, or I'll keep going. Yeah, well, and of course, tonight's episode is brought to you by one of the new little boutiques over in Muggerville. Oh, God. Uh, it's a, uh, a artisan uh, boutique that sells different types of mineral salt from all over the world, you know, like that Brazilian or the uh, Himalayan pink salt and, and all these fine artisan salts. So uh, be sure next time you're in Muggerville to visit Salt the Earth and uh, – that's, uh, you know, we one of these days we need to talk about the gentrification of Muggerville. <laughs> That's so true. But um, <laughs> I reckon uh, this here show is coming to you from the Dead I Call Universe at com, And you can, uh, you can write to us at jcumail at yahoo.com. And I'm the... I'm not going to do the whole damn yeah, thing. Yeah, thanks, just, because uh, it could it could be worse. Well, it could be Garrison Keeler. That's right. So uh, be sure to <laughs> check out on the first and third Sundays of every month. I invoked no. it. Yeah, yeah, yes, like you did. from the dark hole, uh, I invoked Garrison Keeler. That's right. I conjure thee. But on the first and third Sundays of every month, be sure and check myself and the great Eddie Medina out on DallasOnAir.com, 10.30 to 11.30 a.m. Central. Again, DallasOnAir.com for the Rantcore Pit Live. Uh, now entering our uh, year. Right. I think we're like six or seven years old now. I've so lost track of that show. It's a, a, a monster uh, where we uh, talk about all things the Star Wars. And on the third Sunday of every month, preceding from 930 to 1030 a.m., my other show, Isle of Toys, A-I-S-L-E of Toys, uh, where – Good night. It is two years old now, and awesome. I've talked about all manner of obvious and unique toys, and I uh, have had the good fortune of having my own dad, who's been on every single one of my live podcasts, uh, talking about ten toys that he grew up with. So uh, be sure and check all that out over on DallasOnAir.com, because we're really proud of what we're putting out over there on the in the live, even though half the time we don't know what the hell we're doing. <laughs> and, uh, we'll be back here next week with um, hell. I don't. Are hey, we start. I think we're oh, yeah. starting Spider Man, aren't we? Maybe. Maybe we may have one little thing between. And also on October thirty first, uh, the latest Halloween special will drop. Bam! Big ass monsters. I'm looking forward to that. It's all Jimmy Olsen for That'd me, baby. Very ready to talk about Jimmy <laughs> Olsen. Uh, A.K.A. Turtle Boy. Turtle Boy Olsen. Old Turtle Boy Olsen. Weldon, seriously, in all in all seriousness, thank you. This has been this has been a joy. It really has. Well, thank you guys very much, and I appreciate you having me on your show. But uh, I gotta go now because my taters are getting. There you go. All righty. All right. Uh, so say good night, gentlemen, and we'll be back next week with more uh, Hey Gets Comics. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.